Okay, so a couple things before we dive in really to the material here that uh, you've been given. Uh, I, I want to say a couple things about the Enneagram itself. A couple of notes that I would like you to keep in mind. Number one, this is not Bible. Okay, nor is it gospel. It is a tool created by humans uh, to help us understand ourselves and each other. I do think that it, it is an extremely helpful tool. I think it is a lot of fun to talk about. It has been extraordinarily helpful for me as a husband and a father and a pastor because it gives me grids, lenses. We talked about lenses a lot yesterday. This is a lens through which to view people and their personalities. Um, and in that way, it is extraordinarily helpful. It really is because it helps us to... The thing the Enneagram does best for me is it helps me to have empathy for people that are different than I am. That is absolutely the thing it does the best for me. Uh, it helps me to see people that are not like me, that don't think like me, that have the, whose brains work a different way than mine does, and it helps me to understand how their brain works and to feel with them. That's what empathy means. It means to feel with. And it put, helps me to put myself in your shoes so that I'm not constantly going, that is the weirdest way to understand this issue. What are they thinking? Have you ever felt that way about anybody? Yeah, when you see somebody and you're just like, how did they come up with that? That is crazy. I don't even understand that. The Enneagram has helped me so much to get inside some people's brains a little bit, get inside their emotional world, get inside their worldview, the way that they see and understand themselves and the, and the world. The Enneagram has been extraordinarily helpful. It's been helpful for uh, a language that I use for other, with other people that understand the Enneagram. My wife, my children are beginning to understand it. And it becomes a language that we use to help communicate feelings with one another, to help communicate understandings with one another. But above all this, I want you to understand this is not Bible, okay? This isn't the inspired scripture like we talked about yesterday. It's not that. This is just human wisdom, which means there's going to be flaws in it, which means that it's not infallible. It is helpful and more and more there's been a, a lot of scientific research going on around the Enneagram that, is, that has really been kind of saying, yeah, this is proving true and, and reproducible. And, you know, so it, it seems to be, seems like the, the traditions of the Enneagram have, have begun to really bear out as something that is real and true. But again, I can't stress this enough. This is not Bible, okay? So we don't build our lives on this. The other thing I want to say to you is, you are not defined by your number. Okay? Hopefully by the end of our time together, we have three weeks of this, hopefully by the end of our time together, you will have a pretty good idea of where you, you know, of what number you resonate with the most. Okay? And, uh, and you might even begin to kind of like Oh, yeah, you know, I like how this describes me, and I like the, the capacities that this tells me that I have, etc. 
And so you may even begin to identify a little bit with that number. Oh, I'm an eight. Oh, I'm a seven. Oh, and that's fine. But this cannot, this is not a description. This is, this, this description is just one way of viewing the way you see the world. And it, it should not be looked on as a definition of who you are, encompassing all of what, who and what you are. Because it's not. You are bigger and more than any number, than any descriptive system. Enneagram, Myers-Briggs, any of it. You are bigger than those things. You are more than those things. And the reason I like the Enneagram more than any of those other ones, which I have, I have been exposed to, tested for, studied on a whole, like probably five or six different personality typing systems. The reason I like the Enneagram the most is because of its flexibility and because of the way it encourages us to grow beyond the shortfallings of our individual personality flavor. Does that make sense? The Enneagram encourages us to move into the healthiest version of ourselves. And I don't think the, I think the other, pretty much every other, you know, Myers-Briggs just tells you this is what you are, so just deal with it. And there's no way to like, the Enneagram says, this is, this is, you're in this vicinity. And here are the tools that you need to kind of begin to move beyond the negative aspects of your personality type, which I think is fantastic. And that's why I like it. So who has taken an Enneagram test at this point? Yeah? Anybody? Okay. So what was your, what was, what did the test say about you? I thought it was kind of junk because I just took a quiz and yeah. like, I've heard that you shouldn't take the quiz. You should I was like, oh, I'll just take the quiz because I didn't really know that much about it. Right. And it gave like my top two numbers that were pretty much all of my stuff were not close to each other on here. So I yeah. thought that was weird. Like I was like, that just doesn't really add up like that they would be like so two totally different things. So Good. I'm glad. I was going to say, just just yeah. take whatever you've been told about your number or whatever and just delete yeah, it. I was like, this is stupid. <laughs> well, okay, for instance, okay, I, I identify as a nine on the Enneagram, I, <coughs> but I have tons of, of five energy as well. And those two things don't, they don't, uh, they're not close to each other and they don't even move towards one another in stress or incompletion. So it's a, so... They, it doesn't, but nines and fives have a lot of behaviors that look the same. Yeah. The difference, and the reason I know I'm a nine, is because the Enneagram goes beneath behavior and gets at motivation. And when I look at why a five does what it what fives yeah. do, and why a nine does what a nine does, I'm I'm obviously a nine. The other thing is I have a lot of eight and one energy as well. Yeah. And, and so my eight and one energy points into the nine because nine tends to hide. Nine as a number tends to hide because it's the peacemaker and it just wants to make everybody like feel understood and, and welcomed and, and it's okay for you to be you. And, by, and the, our favorite way of doing that is by diminishing ourselves. Anyway, okay, but I'm jumping way ahead. Okay, so before we get to the actual numbers, yeah, before we get to the actual numbers, I mean, any other questions, thoughts? You said, you did you take the test? Yeah, but it was like a long time ago. A long time ago? ago? It was 
does, she does like, she works with like emos and stuff like that. Oh, sure, right. She does that in school now. Yeah, I, I uh, as we read through these, and as we discover these, these individual numbers, you're going to have people <laughs> pop into your head. Oh, that's this person. And uh, it's just going to happen. You're going to say, this is, and you're probably right. That's the thing is you're probably right. But let's resist the temptation to type one another. Mm-hmm. What, I, what I want, what I'm going to ask you to do is to hold off and just listen carefully to each of these, kind of sit with these numbers and the ones that, and, and take note of the things that resonate with you. And by the end of this, I hope that, you'll have a pretty clear understanding of, of where you land on this wheel, okay? Um, that's the best way to find out what number you are because taking the test, if you wanna be a specific number, you're gonna answer questions in a certain way. You know what I mean? That's just the way we do things. And so, and I don't think that works well for, uh, uh, for instance, almost every Christian woman that I know when they take the test, they almost always come out as a two. Because, because the church tends to squash women into a two pigeonhole. That this is what a Christian woman should look like. You know, it doesn't matter what you really like. Um, that's what we, that's, but the church tends to do that, which is disgusting and horrifying. And I'm sorry, but it's true. And especially moms. Moms find themselves in the two space. Because they're, because they're nurturers, okay? And that's what they have to do for their kids. And a two is a nurturer. And, and so they, they, most moms that I know will test at least partially as a two because of, because of that. My wife, who is a raging eight-aholic, she is an eight all day long. She is an eight with, and she is not, she still came up as an, her second number was two and she's not she's not a two at all although she does go to two in uh in in health so and she is a very healthy eight but i always call her an eight to the eighth power because that's what she is she's the most textbook eight i've ever met in my life okay but before we get to the numbers i want to talk about the the there's what are called the the centers okay so we're going to start bigger and then go more and then go smaller okay and and one of the ways that you can figure out which of the numbers you actually are if you have say say you're like well i really i'm really feeling 9 but i'm also feeling 5 like me okay is when we look at the center, uh, uh, well, that doesn't describe me as well as this. Okay, so that may help you say, I'm not, uh, okay, I guess I'm not that one, I'm more this one, because the centers are gonna help, all right? So we have the centers, and we have these three things. Uh, there is the heart center, okay, which is two, three, and four. Now, the way that these centers are talked about um, I'm actually reading a book right now called The Neuroscience of the Enneagram, which is uh, this guy said that he's, he's a neuroscientist. He looked at the Enneagram for the first time and he said, well, it's upside down. Uh, because what we have here is not heart, head, and gut. What we have here is right brain, left brain, 
brainstem. And the, the gut center is the brainstem center. He said, so we really should flip it upside down because that's what's going on. And these are people that are more centered, that have more activity in one particular part of the brain than the other and whatever, which is really interesting to me. I'm, I'm not finished with the book yet. Um, but, uh, but that's a fascinating idea. All right. I hope that helps. Let's get, hopefully we can get through these three centers and then we'll have to do the numbers next week, okay? Uh, is that all right? <laughs> all right, so there are three centers to the Enneagram. Numbers two, three, and four are the heart center. And the primary thing, the, the way that these, the way that the, the people that belong in the heart center, the thing they're after, the thing that is important to them is that they belong that they have the esteem of the people that are around them, okay? They would say something like, I am what others think about me. That I'm defined by what others think about me. Now it says, jump from the temple. What is that? Jump from the temple, remember, was one of the, the, the uh, temptations of Jesus, right? And what was, what was Satan trying to get Jesus to prove by jumping from the temple? Exactly. He was trying, this was a way for Jesus to force others to think certain things about him, that he was the Son of God, right? That's the temptation that people in the heart center are going to encounter, is what can I do to force others to think about me the way I want them to think about me? Okay, because... Belonging and esteem are the things that they are constantly trying to achieve and protect. My sense of belonging to a group, my sense of people admiring me or looking up to me. My sense, how can I interact with the world in a, in a way that is going to earn me belonging or esteem? Does that make sense? The heart center, as you might have taken them from the name, these people engage with the world via their emotions. That's just how they engage with the world. Their emotions tell them about the world. That's the first thing. They're feelers. That's what they do. They tend to be image conscious. All right, head center. Again, we'll go into these numbers as we as we'll actually go through all the numbers uh, and and delve deep into those individually. But I want to start with these larger centers. So two, three, four, heart center, belonging and esteem. I am what others think. Okay, head center. Okay, the head center. They are, they are pursuing security, safety, provision. They want to feel safe and secure. This is the head center. These are numbers five, six, and seven. They're the people that would say, I am what I have. They're defined by what they, by what they own, by what they own. Uh, I'm trying to think of a better way to say that because own isn't right because you don't necessarily own 
your gifts, your talents, your abilities, but that, that is one of the things that you have. And they, uh, they obtain identity from that thing and from the pursuit of security slash provision, okay? They, uh, this is the turnstones into bread, okay? Because one of the really important things about head center people is I can take care of myself. I don't need anyone else. Whereas heart center people are all about belonging to everyone. <laughs> I want to belong. I want you to belong to me. I want to belong to you. Head center people are all about, I don't need you. I don't need to belong. I am, I am who I am. You know. Okay. And it's the turnstones to bread. Okay, so what was Jesus trying to, what was Satan trying to convince Jesus to act not like God in order to obtain when he said, oh, if you're hungry, turn these stones to bread? Yeah, well, I mean, that's a little more in the gut center, which we'll talk about in a minute. But no, the, the, I mean, it's about like being safe. Yes, taking care of himself. I don't need help from anyone. I'm secure. I'm safe. I'm not vulnerable. Vulnerability is a curse word to heart, to head center people. <laughs> Megan, why is everyone looking at you right now? The reality is the very first time I met you, Megan, I was already thinking that you were six. Um, so I, I, just sometimes I just get that from just the way people carry themselves in the world. Okay, it's, and it's okay. There's, sixes are wonderful, beautiful people. My second born son is a six, and he is great. I love him. He's awesome. Uh, his name is Aiden. He's 17 years old. He's currently single. Just FYI. I'm <laughs> uh, just kidding. <laughs> but none of you are allowed to date, so. Especially not you kids. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you for saying that. That's important. All right. Turnstones to bread. It's about taking care of themselves, about being secure observing the world they they are observers of the world they are they watch and they respond they live in their heads now that five and six absolutely all the time would be described as living in their heads sevens most of the time people are like why is seven in the head triad because sevens are they they aren't usually thought of as thinkers um, but they are. They are. They do approach the world through the brain. Uh, that's, and we'll talk about more about that later on. They're careful thinkers. Okay. The gut center. I don't like that term because I'm in the gut center, and I don't like my gut, so I'm not. <laughs> I don't. Li I don't like that term. I like the brainstem idea or the body center. I like referring to it as the body center. Okay, because we have heart. We have head, and now we have body, okay? Physicality. This is the body center. And they are all about significance and or power. Okay? Now, really, I don't think power is the right word to use because 
Power is a big deal for eights, but that's really the only one that's, that's wrapped up in the idea of their own personal power. Nines and ones are much more related to how can I do something of worth in the world? Which is why they are the I am what I do center. They are, uh, they are all about what they're accomplishing in the world. Or even uh, minds are almost as, as obsessed with what they, through their faults, are keeping from being accomplished. Like, <laughs> how am I being an obstacle to something that needs to happen in the world? That's the first question a nine will ask, honestly, is how am I being an obstacle to what needs to happen in the world? Because their favorite answer to everything, our favorite answer to everything is, well, I'll just pull myself out of the equation and then I won't be a problem anymore. Um, that is what nines always do. They always, they always uh, underestimate the importance of their presence. But I'm... I'm digressing instinct and intuition okay they they don't whereas the heart center sees the world through their emotions and the head center thinks sees the world through their thoughts their logic the heart center or the the body center just has instinctual ideas about the world that they believe are true without necessarily having any facts about that and without necessarily having any feelings about it. This is just obviously correct. Eight, nines, and ones, we all do that. We all just run from our first instinct. Um, it's a very interesting thing because what we'll talk about a little bit as we move forward is that their instinct is what we call the fast track of the brain. Okay. You, you have two, two operating systems in your brain at any given time, okay? You have your conscious mind, and those are the thoughts that you're aware of, the thoughts that you could put into words, and then you have the fast track of the brain, which, is, which actually moves about 20 time fa times faster than your conscious mind and is really behind almost every decision that you make. The conscious mind is most of the time conscious mind is most of the time just explaining back to itself what the unconscious mind just did. Okay? You really make most of your decisions in the unconscious mind. That fast track of the brain. That thing that is built in. It's what we would call your hard wiring or your DNA. Like, this is, it's your knee-jerk reaction, right? And your, the, those people that are connected to the gut center to the body center are people who are most influenced by the knee jerk, by, the, by that unconscious motivation, which sucks. Can I just say that? I hate it. I really do, but that's because I'm a nine and nines are disconnected from their, from their uh, body center, which is not fair, is it, Vicki? It's disgusting and I hate it. I hate that about myself. Um, as we go through the numbers, we are going to have some time. We've got 20 minutes, right? So uh, are there any questions right now about these three centers? Could oh, you, go ahead. Could you 
guys talking about. Yeah. Because, like, I understand it, but, like, it's like it's almost clicking in well, my head. That's exactly how the, the, the intuitive side of us works. Mm -hmm. it, is, it is something you know, but you can't explain why you know it. Okay, it's something that, it's like when you, uh, when you came into my class and you're sitting there thinking, I don't feel right about this, but I'm not sure why. Mm -hmm. That's your intuitive, that's your, that, that is going, going, wait a minute, warning, not sure, don't understand, don't feel safe, right? That's, that's, that's your intuit. that's the intuitive part of you. I'm not, I haven't processed that feeling through to the place where I can speak it. But it's still there. Does that make sense? Yeah. That that's more of the intuitive side of you. I don't have logical reasons or even emotional reasons why I'm not okay with this. I'm just not. Yeah. That's the intuitive. Okay. Which, by the way, that is exactly what I was after. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's not fair, but if I had told you ahead of time I'm here to make you feel uncomfortable, uh, then then you, you wouldn't have felt uncomfortable, and that's what I needed. Okay. I needed, and I, I needed to, I wanted the, that feeling to come to the fore so that you were realized that it was there. Does that make sense? I was poking the bear purposefully. And I promise it's not going to be so bad after this. It really isn't. But those first two classes was all about me just, I really want to make these underlying assumptions that you've made about the Bible, I want them to rise to the surface so that you can recognize they exist. Because most of us operate with no connection to our intuitive center at all. And, and we just think, well, that's just what's true. And it's not necessarily. Our intuitive center, that is that frame that I've been talking about. And you don't put glasses on to see your glasses. You put glasses on to see the world through your glasses. My attempt was to kind of slap you in the face so your glasses can't went askew so that you realized, hey, I have glasses on. Does that make sense? I promise I'm going to be nicer in the future. <laughs> okay. Did that help with the intuitive center? Okay, great. All right, so we are going to start with two. Is that right? Is that on the next page? Two? Yep. Because I want to stay in the centers, okay? And, and one is in the body center, which we'll do last. All right. We have 20 minutes. We might be able to get through two. The number two. Not two numbers. One number. Okay? Uh, right off the bat, I want you to go through this whole thing and I want you to just scratch out. Do you see next to the word two and then there's a colon that says helper slash caretaker? Get rid of it. And I want you to do that for all these numbers because I feel like those, those names, those, those labels can cloud your understanding of the actual number. Now you don't have to go through all of them right now, but I mean, just, just don't even read that, okay? Because I don't think it helps at all. And I, I think, that it sends you maybe in the wrong direction when you start thinking about the number. The Enneagram is nine ways of dealing with the world. It's nine ways of seeing the world. It's nine ways of responding to the world. 
And we will deal with the first one. The number two. Twos are wonderful people. They make everyone feel good because they're servants. They are, they are, they just, they're generous, they're demonstrative, they're people-pleasing and possessive. They, they love to make people feel loved. That's what they do. They're, they're hospitable. They are the kind of people that's always checking on you. Hey, do you need a glass of water? Hey, would you like a piece of gum? Hey, would you, you know, like, they're just that kind of person. They're just warm and kind and sweet. And you just, they take care of people. That is how they define themselves. I'm the person that sees the need and responds to the need. That's who they are. They're empathetic, they're sincere, they're warm-hearted, friendly and generous and self-sacrificing. Oh, isn't that great? Aren't twos wonderful people? How many of you know a two in your life that you're just like, I'm so, and I don't, there's no twos in my world that I'm not like, I'm so glad they're in my life. That's really true. I, I'm just so grateful for twos. They're just such beautiful people and they're so wonderful. But there's a lot of really dark, ugly stuff under the surface of twos, okay? Because they can also be sentimental, flattering, and people-pleasing. They are well-meaning and driven to be close to others, but can slip into doing things for others in order to be needed. They often have the, like, the savior complex, the Christ complex. Like, uh, and they're drawn to needy people because when they're meeting someone's needs, they feel the most themselves. They feel the most worthy. Remember that the heart center is all about, is, is that they're, they're totally, that they're all about what others think about them. Okay? And the two's way of forcing you to think positively about them is that they just take care of you in every way they possibly can. In doing that, they are showing you that they are useful, that they are good people, that they are helpful, that they, you know, that, that, that they're worthy of love and affection because they are driven by this incredibly deep need to feel loved. And about 24 hours a day, they don't feel loved. They feel that they're not worthy of love, which is why they're constantly, constantly serving and loving and pouring out. Why? Because they want you to love them. Every act of service that they do to you is a cry of love me, please. See me, please. No, you know, count me worthy, please. And they will do that. And the way that a two begins to walk in a little bit more, in a, in, a, in a little more health is that they begin to recognize that their own needs are valid. They begin to recognize that they're drawn to needy people be for their own sake, not for the sake of the needy person. And they begin to say no when they should say no. I have a friend who is a two. I adore him. He's 
incredible man of God, truly. And, and as, as we've been studying, as he and his wife were a part of the first Enneagram thing that I ever did at our church, and, and, uh, and it was a while later I asked him to do something for me, and he was like, I have to say no. I'm so sorry, please don't be bad at me. I, I wish I didn't have to say no, but the only reason I would say yes to you about this is because I is out of my two insecurity. That's the only reason I, I don't want to do this for you. I want to f I want to feel needed, and so there's a big part of me that wants to do this for you, but in truth, I don't want to do it. So in order to serve my own health, I'm going to say no. And I was just like, I'm so proud of you. Like, I was like, I don't know who I'm going to get to do this now, but I am so happy. I am so, and one of the most beautiful things for twos is when they come to the realization, maybe the first time in their life, that they are angry. Oh, if you see a two angry, you're looking at a healthy two because twos think anger is the devil. And they always, whenever they feel angry, they feel guilty about feeling angry. And they shouldn't. They typically have problems with possessiveness, with acknowledging their own need. At their best, they're unselfish and altruistic. And they have unconditional love for others. And that is so real. And that is their gift. That's their superpower. Twos, the, the superpower of a two is they can walk into a room and immediately know what you need before you even have to tell them. They're just one of those people that are already providing for you before you ever even asked. They make the best waitresses in the world. They just do because you, you didn't even realize it, but there's a new drink on your table. And you're just like, wow, I, I, I finished my, my Pepsi and I didn't even see them. All of a sudden it's there. And that's when a two is happiest. Okay. Their virtue is humility. They almost never think too highly of themselves, mostly because they usually think very lowly of themselves. Um, their basic, their key desire is to feel loved. That's what they want more than anything. And their basic fear, their deepest fear, the fear that their two-ness is answering is being unloved or unlovable. And so they do what they can to feel to change themselves into a lovable person. Now here's the deal. I know that I have succeeded in describing a number when I see or sense people in the room going, oh, it must hurt to be that number. Because that's what the Enneagram is for. The Enneagram is for having empathy for the other numbers. Really, though, that's what it's for. And when I start crying because I'm inside the trauma of a two, that's when I know I've begun to use this correctly. And as I walk through the Enneagram, it's going to happen because I'm always like, God, oh, these poor people, you know, except nines. I'm like, nines, get your act together, right? And fours sometimes, too. I, I, I have trouble with fours. Anyway, okay, so... I do, and we'll get there, and you'll understand why, because it's hard for me to have empathy for a four. All right. 
Their fixation is flattery. They're the kinds of people that are going to use just big flowery constant words to like describe. Have you ever gotten, you know, like a birthday card from somebody that you read it and you're just like, whoa, like they think a, really a lot of me. They're probably a two. Their, pat, their root sin, check this out, is pride. Their gift is humility, but their root sin is pride. Oh, well, think about it. Because how are they going to feel after they've done a good job serving you? That's what it's all about. It's not really about you. It's about them. And their root sin is that pride, that pride that comes with, I have served you well. You need me, don't you? Isn't it gross how sin works in us to like completely flip us inside out? Because their real gift is that their real gift, the gift that God gave the twos is that they are beautiful servants and they don't think too much of themselves. But then sin comes along and takes that and twists it and makes it into this disgusting thing where all they're doing all day long is serving their own insecurity. Ugh. It's so sad. Their temptation is to deny their own needs and to manipulate others. Ooh. How do they manipulate? By making you feel really good. Remember, that's what the heart center is all about, is I want to control how you feel about me. And two and three and four, that's where they're at. And all three of them are going to employ different ways of controlling what you think about them. All right. Lifelong tasks are objectivity and to reject sentimentalism. So that's, that's, that's something they, they need to work on. They need to work on not being controlled by their emotions and not constantly be looking for the, oh, that's not always necessary. Okay? <laughs> Puppies don't solve everything. Amen, sister. This, it's not a two over here. Uh, that's, that's beautiful. I agree. <laughs> okay, so we have eight minutes. Let's talk about two. Anybody have any questions? Are you thinking of twos in your life? Yeah. Mm -hmm. not completely to be like, oh yeah, I'm a two. Right. But, I don't know, just from what I know about ones and fours, I, I mean threes, I also don't feel like right now, since we haven't talked about them, that I could be like, oh yeah, I'm one of those. But, I don't know, just, I'm getting to, what are your, are we going to talk about like wings? Yes. Once we get through all of the numbers, then we'll go back and we'll talk about wings. And we'll also talk about, like if you see in the right-hand side there, where there's arrows going out from the two, okay? Because a two goes to eight. It borrows 
some of eight's strength when it's feeling stressed out, okay? Um, and when it's really in growth, it begins to see itself really well, which is the strength of a four. And so uh, we'll talk about that, but those aren't wings. The wings yeah. are the numbers on either side yeah, yeah. of your number. Um, and I am a firm believer that everyone has both wings. Now, you're going to major in one wing more than another, probably. Like, I am a nine, and my major wing is eight. But I definitely have one stuff as well, um, which is really how I figured out that I was a nine. I figured it out more by my wings than I did by... Um, because I, because I have both eight and one realities in me, I was like, well, that must be where I'm at. It's in the center. Um, uh, but, yeah, we will talk a lot about wings and about that, where we go in stress and where we go in health and in growth. Um, but we'll do that after we've already set the language of the numbers themselves. Any other questions? When are we going like, to find out what we are? Well, I think as we go through these numbers, here's the thing. We're going to read one of these numbers, and you're either going to have a deep sense of uncomfortability, like gross, that's probably your number, or you have this really deep, warm feeling of, wow, someone sees me. You mean there's other people like me in the world? One of those two reactions is probably going to be your number. Okay, but I'm not going to give you a test to take because I don't believe in them. So as we go through, just you'll have one of those two emotions. You'll either feel deeply known and grateful or you'll feel exposed and you're like, gross, I don't, ugh, sick, I don't even want that. Oh, one of those two. Does that make sense? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Sam, I don't think you're a two. <laughs> so maybe that's why it hasn't hit yet. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. What, what I'm aimed at, what I'm aimed at is I want you to have enough of a sense of where these people are that you can kind of put yourself in their shoes. That's what I'm aimed at. So let us end with I'm going to play you a